Indiana looks to get back on a winning track this Saturday at Northwestern in Evanston, Illinois. Hey everybody, welcome to Heard on the Hoosier episode 13. I'm your host, Stu Jackson. Uh, keeping it short, simple, sweet, and to the point here. Uh, Indiana has lost uh, two in a row now, but uh, you know has a chance to, again, bounce back against a, a Northwestern team that uh, has a, a pretty good offense that's really... Uh, had some productive outings recently, and a, uh, a defense that uh, could have some areas to exploit. Of course, we'll get into that a little bit further. But first, let's let's talk a little bit about Indiana's run game, which uh, isn't doing all that great, Sam. And uh, you know, for starters, is that you know are those struggles uh, more attributed to what Indiana's backfield is doing wrong, or? the level of competition they're facing because, again, Nebraska and Ohio State have uh, two of the uh, best uh, total defenses in the country. Uh, you, Dylan McCullough, Indiana's running backs coach, seems to think it's on them. It's on it's on their guys. He, he told me that they aren't clicking on all cylinders when we were talking earlier this week. He said his guys believe in what they're doing, mostly. You know, they, they understand what it takes to be NFL caliber backs because they've seen it in Jordan Howard and Tevin Coleman. But they're kind of weathering a storm here offensively. And when the running game struggles, the entire offense struggles because no matter what your picture of Indiana football is with all the passing and the yard to the air, this is a run-first team. If they can't establish the run, they can't do anything. Dylan McCullough knows that. And just at this point, it's just not getting the job done. It, it, at this point a year ago, six games in, Indiana was averaging 4.1 yards per carry. They had 293 rushes for 1,201 yards and 13 touchdowns. Now they're averaging 3.74 yards per carry on 238 rushes for 891 yards and only three touchdowns. So the big thing that stands out there is they're 0.4 yards per carry less now than they were a year ago. And they have 10 less touchdowns on the ground now than a year ago. The, The ground attack just really isn't there and now you have to try to fix it against the Northwestern team that, again, is pretty stout against the run. I think they rank fifth in the conference. Yeah, Northwestern is is doing some things pretty well, uh, at least with the run defense. Uh, the, the secondary, at least, has allowed uh, around 276 yards uh, per game. That's worse than the Big Ten. And that's uh, if, if you're an Indiana quarterback, particularly Richard Lego, you're looking at that like, Hey, this is a pretty good chance for me to, um, you know, have a nice game after facing, again, what what is two of the top um, defenses, not only in uh, the Big Ten, but I would argue in, in the country. And so um, Indiana may look to exploit that. I kind of asked Kevin Wilson about it, and he said, you know, hey, maybe we, um, you know, we – I mean, he, he kind of addressed it, but he said, you know, any you really just want to achieve balance anytime, it, regardless of whether they're statistically you're facing an opponent that statistically has the worst pass defense in the conference. And, uh, I, you know, he kind of mentioned it a little bit on his radio show, but talking about how maybe they could use the pass to set up the run. But, I mean, I guess this tying back into the first topic we were sort of talking about, I mean, they're, they're not giving up on, on the run just yet. And, again, you, you've got to keep in mind the level of competition they've, they've faced over the last two games. But at the same time, uh, it hasn't just been the last two weeks. I mean, this has been going back almost a month now. And to me, at least, a big reason why that run game has struggled has been 
the uh, right side of the offensive line. Now, to be fair, Dan Fe- or excuse me, Jacob Bailey, who has started in Dan Feeney's place, and Brandon Knight, who has started in Dimitri Camille's place, Feeney being right guard and Camille normally the right tackle. Uh, you know, those two really anchored that side of the line. And again, Bailey and Knight have done all they can to hold down that spot, and they've they've done you know everything I'm sure the coaching staff has asked of them. But it just isn't the same offensive line. No, without Dan Feeney. It definitely isn't, and we've talked about that a little bit before. But whether or not that plays an impact on this run game, I, I honestly don't think it does. I just think they're making the wrong cuts. I, I think they're, I think play calling's an issue. You can't run the ball the right six consecutive times on first down. It just doesn't cut it. Whatever, whatever they're doing wrong, it's broken, and they have to fix it. But at least they recognize it at this point, and McCullough isn't going to let his guys continue to struggle. He's going to light a fire up under them because that's what Dylan McCullough does. And Divine Redding's the perfect leader for that group to kind of right the ship. He's been the leader since uh, Tevin Coleman left, and it, he seems pretty uh, quietly disappointed in himself. He, he won't go out and straight up say it, but you can tell it kind of irks him that he hasn't been it's not, not as much him, that, but the whole running game hasn't been as efficient. So that should be something fun to watch this weekend is whether or not they can get it going. On the grass field at Northwestern, the rare grass football field, very throwback Thursday-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a unique setting, um, and I'm sure it's been a, a pretty big reason why uh, Justin Jackson, Northwestern's running back, has had so much success. Of what a segue did, there, I, Stu. Did you see what I did right there? That was pretty amazing. The people at home there. can't see our notes, but that was a perfect seg- an unplanned segue into Justin Jackson, who you're going to talk a little bit more about here. Absolutely. Justin Jackson, uh, Big Ten's leading rusher and part of a Northwestern offense overall that, again, as we've kind of talked about in at different points in this podcast, uh, is had has had some very productive games, especially considering where they've been on the road. But Justin Jackson, the kid that obviously the Indiana defense is going to keep its eye on because he's doing a lot of things right for uh, this Northwestern backfield. Yeah, go figure. Uh, Justin Jackson kind of turn starts to turn things on, get rolling, and suddenly uh, Northwestern's winning football games. Maybe, maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe it's not even close to being a coincidence. I mean, they, they win their last two games, Northwestern does, against Iowa and Michigan State. And uh, Justin Jackson ran for 171 against Iowa, which was his best performance of the season at, up to that point until he goes out against Michigan State and runs for 188 yards and two touchdowns. The kids just kind of turned it on these last couple of weeks after – I mean, not disappointing, but he runs for – no, it, you know what? It is disappointing. He runs for 42 yards on 12 carries against Illinois State. That's a, that's week two after going for 124 against Western Michigan. He, he's turned it on. He's a kid that uh, can kind of carry this Northwestern offense that doesn't always have a passing attack. Uh, he, he can kind of be the anchor of this group. He's, he's going to be fun to watch. I'm quietly very excited to see what Justin Jackson does this weekend. Let's get a little bit into um – the offense that we continue to touch on but haven't taken a deep dive into just yet. I mean, again, Justin Jackson, a big reason why they, they've had success, but this offense as a whole has put up some very impressive numbers over the last four weeks. Uh, you know, you look back September 17th against Duke, 24-13 to 13 win, 406 yards of total offense. The next week, Nebraska, 24-13 to 13 loss to the Huskers, but in the loss, the Wildcats put up 388 total yards of offense against 
Iowa on October 1st. 362 yards of total offense, and finally in their most recent game, October 15th at Michigan State, uh, 490 total yards of offense, their most productive game as an offense of the season. Of course, their last two games, both being on the road and both being pretty impressive wins, a 38-31 win at Iowa on October 1st, and then again that recent game at Michigan State, 54-40, to a wild game there. But this is an offense that, uh, again, has, has really uh, turned it around after a couple of subpar uh, performances to start the season. You've got to keep in mind, too, uh, you know, after that Iowa win, Northwestern had the, bye, had the open week, the bye week that week. Um, would have been the weekend of uh, October 8th. And they come out of the bye week and have their most productive game of the season. So what do you see as what's been working really well lately for Northwestern or I guess just in general, you know, what what stands out about this group? We we kind of just already touched on it with Justin Jackson. They've got something they can anchor themselves on. And, and, And not to keep harping on this kid, but when you talk about quiet superstars, I mean, he ran for 1,100 yards as a freshman, 1,400 yards as a sophomore. And now he's well on his way to another thousand yard season as a junior, just under the radar kid, quite frankly. But no, they've they've got they've got that, and they and looking at their defense, it's not a great group. It's a very mediocre group. But the thing that Dean McCullough again, I was talking to him earlier about it. The, the thing he said stood out about him is they'll hit you hard, and there's something to be said about just a team that hits hard and and lights people up. Because those are the teams that make things happen. They force fumbles. They they get big plays. They get momentum swinging plays, especially at home. It's just a group that Pat Fitzgerald has built literally from the ground up in 11 years in Northwestern, and he's got it rolling. I mean, this is a team that won 10 games last year, was clearly disappointed in their, their 0-2 start. I mean, quite frankly, probably clearly disappointed in their 1-3 start. But it's a it's a good football team that's playing its best football heading into this matchup against Indiana. That It's, it's going to be hard to handle. And what's very interesting about this group again don't want to talk too much about the offense but i just again i find the contrast interesting how they're achieving the balance at least their offense is achieving the balance that indiana has been wanting all season long or at least has been searching for over the last month again going back to the michigan state game two, 281 yards passing 209 rushing in the Iowa win, they had 164 passing, 198 rushing. A um, little, little bit more lopsided, but still fairly balanced with 251 passing and 137 rushing against uh, Nebraska, uh, the 24-13 home loss there to the Huskers. So, again, so, some numbers that show very good balance that's been established. Kevin Wilson credited... Uh, it was on the Big Ten Coaches Weekly Teleconference credited um, Northwestern's recent success on offense to uh, getting back to the basics. Of course, he touched on uh, Justin Jackson and, and the you know job he's been doing. But he also talked about uh, a certain uh, standout receiver in Austin Carr. Well, I should say a now standout receiver. Uh, this is a kid who was a former walk-on uh, marginal role player, at least that's how uh, our colleague at the Northwestern rival site uh, described him um, to now, again, the Big Ten's leading receiver. What do you see out of Austin Carr, Sam? He's a kid that, I mean, talk about just exploding onto the scene, right? 
I mean, he goes out there and just kind of makes an impact. I mean, Northwestern, I, I just can't stress it enough. It was a matter of what is Northwestern going to do outside of just give the ball to Justin Jackson? And Austin Carr has kind of been that that answer. He's unrelated to David Carr, although we we did try to look that one up. We made sure to do our homework on that. You know, sometimes you just have to you just have to check on these types of things. But no, he's an he's an academic All Big Ten receiver, which is a good start. He he just plays. Just giving give it putting him. On, I'm trying to find the right words to say it, but just putting him on the outside there. Gives Northwestern a threat that's not Justin Jackson. Six foot one, 194 pounds, built like a, a a very undersized outside receiver. He, he just it's a walk on that's making the most of an opportunity. Quite frankly, I don't know if he's gonna have the better hand of Rashard Fant. Rashard Fant tends to play better against guys that were smaller, much like him. So he's gonna be interesting to watch this weekend. I just I, I don't think any of us know enough about Austin Carr because he's he's so out of nowhere onto the scene. Yeah, you look at his numbers. He's uh, leading the Big Ten with 43 catches for 595 yards with eight touchdowns. I mean, there is nobody close to him right now uh, unless, you know, they had – unless, for example, unless, you know, Indiana's Indiana wide receiver Ricky Jones is actually second in the conference with uh, 466. But Carr has a, what, 129 uh, – yeah, 129 yard uh, lead in terms of receiving yards over um, over Ricky and, <laughs> and seven and seven more touchdowns. I that's, mean, the, the that's next, what I was gonna say. Most of Ricky's were just big gains for right. no, for nothing because Ricky has 24 receptions. Right. But Austin I mean, Carr catches tutties. Right. I mean, it's honestly it's truly astonishing. I'm, again, the the next closest receiver in terms of yardage is Ricky Jones with 466 uh, difference of 129 rushing yards. Or receiving yards, excuse me. Um, and then in terms of uh, touchdowns, the next closest receiver has five. So he's got a three-touchdown lead for uh, most in the conference. The one with five is uh, Amara Darbo from the University of Michigan. So Austin Carr is, through six games at least, um, or, or five, I guess, for uh, you know Northwestern with that bye maybe. No six because they both had an early bye week. But anyway, through through this point in the season, the somebody, somebody will correct. Yeah, midway point of the season. That's accurate. Somebody will correct me eventually. I'm sure. Through the halfway point of the season, he's at least shown that he's the real deal and can contribute a lot to this Northwestern offense. So, getting back on track and focusing a little bit more on Indiana here. Uh, it's been kind of a day-by-day, uh, day, week-by-week situation, as players and coaches like to say, uh, with whether or not Dan Feeney returns. He started practice, he's started been practicing this week, or back at practice, I should say, uh, in pads. I mean, it's just, again, I feel like we hear the same thing every week, but it's true because not every concussion is the same. It's in the hands of the team doctors because you just never know when the recurring symptoms from a concussion will go away. Yeah, it, it's, it just goes to show how little we know about, about the brain. It's phenomenal, not to get into a science talk here, but we just we know nothing about our own brains. We just don't because these concussions are so different. I mean, and, and they're just a, a micro factor of, of 
just the brain in general. We don't know anything about autism. You know, we don't know anything about certain disorders. We don't know anything about concussions. We, we Dan Feeney has been out for what now? Since the second week of the year, he had a concussion. A concussion. We, that's what we're calling it, a concussion. Jacob Robinson had a concussion and was out for two weeks and is back into it. What's the difference there? It's just severity of this concussion, how we how people respond to it. How, it's just amazing to think that, that that an injury that seems so general, so similar, can be so vastly different. And everybody keeps asking on our boards, when's Dan Feeney going to be back? When's Dan Feeney going to be back? I, I truly don't think anybody knows, and it's just that tricky of a situation. It's the nature and the scariest thing about brain injuries. I mean, we truly won't know until whoever spots him on the field first during pregame warm-ups, honestly, before one of these games on Saturday. Because beyond that, I mean, I don't know that they would disclose that. I mean, Oh, definitely it, no. You'll, uh, know, you'll know when he goes out on the field. Right, exactly. You'll know when he goes out on the field. I mean, whenever he does return, I mean, they may also, you know, the coaching staff or Wilson may elect to – disclose something if he's asked about it in his weekly press conference but usually he you know tries to give some detail but not so much as to say the severity of it and timetable and things like that so very very Colin Hartman-esque right exactly (laughs) just so it's a uh obviously it's a touch tough situation for Indiana's offensive line which has done the best it can despite uh Feeney being gone and again I, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with Sam there that you know he does bring a lot but it's he he's not the biggest difference maker in that offense or the reason why uh, the run game hasn't been working as well as it has certainly, so certainly not um, again, jump right into predictions right yeah I guess so I mean not much else we can really talk about with Dan Feeney beyond it's just kind of a wait wait and see approach it like it's been since uh, he left the game September 10th against uh, Ball State right a, before the a, first half. What a terrible way for Dan Feeney to spend his fifth year senior season, just to come back and all that. But let's enough pity party for Dan Feeney. Uh, what do you got in this Northwestern game, Sue Jackson? We got a, a Wildcats team that seems pretty hot. Who's your team that seems pretty not? Like that rhyme scheme there, that was pretty good. You don't you don't get that anywhere else. What do you got this weekend? Who's who's gonna win this game? You know, I've been thinking about it, and I think it's a good chance for. I mean, I said it earlier, and I guess I'll say it again. I I really think this is a good chance for Richard Lego to, um, again build some confidence. Again, not that he ever lost it, but it's just it can be kind of challenging for a quarterback. I'm sure when you go against two very challenging defenses, and Again, he still did reasonably well, and so I feel like that will uh, the you know the very poor secondary uh, at least play of late from Northwestern will uh, play well for Indiana and in its passing offense, and I think that'll help reestablish the run game. Uh, still think it'll be pretty close. I'm going with uh, Indiana 28, Northwestern 24. Biggest key though will be stopping Justin Jackson, Austin Carr, as I'm sure you'll probably. Uh, mentioned as well but I mean we've seen it before Um, I mean I guess it's not exactly like Ohio State where there are so many fast players who can make plays in space but again those are two very talented skill players that if Indiana doesn't um, you know key in on them they could be in for big days this is wild Stu I also have a 28-24 game but I have it going the other way 
Interesting. What What are the odds of that? Because we do these beforehand. We don't. We don't know. Yeah, I got I got Northwestern winning twenty eight twenty four. I just think Indiana caught this Wildcat team at a pretty bad time. <laughs> They're heating up at the right time. It's I I did not want to believe that Pat Fitzgerald let this program just blow up over the course of a year after going ten wins last year. I think this is the true Northwestern team. Uh, the Chicago's Big Ten team. That's right. These, these Northwestern Wildcats. I, I bet they win twenty eight twenty four. I still just don't trust this quarterback situation until until. Kevin Wilson decides what the heck he's doing with these quarterbacks and stops playing Xander Diamant and Richard Lego together. You gotta just play one or the other. You gotta commit to one until he figures that out. I, I just don't trust him or, or this offense. Are, is no, this Big Ten team thing? Chicago's Big Ten team is that just a load of crap or is that like legit? It's a uh, it's a nice uh, I don't know public relations marketing campaign whatever you want to call it. I mean I honestly I think it's great. I mean. You know, the University of Illinois is, is in Champaign. I don't think that by proximity they can call themselves. They can't. No, no way. I mean, Northwestern has a much greater proximity to Chicago than uh, than the University of Illinois. So, I mean, even though there are two, uh, you know, Big Ten programs in that state, I mean, I think it's a fair claim to make. I, I do, too. I, I really like it. People people kind of hate on this thing. They, you know, like, oh, man, whatever. They're not really Chicago's. But I kind of like it because I don't think the city exactly – embraces them because the city is so diverse and there's so many people from so many different places. I think it's cool. I think they should keep on hammering that one in because it, it is good quality athletics up at Northwestern and Evanston. I like that. I think they should totally just just flush that out. It's a really cool idea. I like it. Illinois can't be Chicago's Big Ten team. Uh, Steve McLean's, what's that, University of Illinois, Chicago? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Flames? The Flames. Yeah, yep. they can't. They're not Chicago's Big Ten team. Uh, let, let Northwestern kind of take that over. I like it. I don't know. People people dog on them for that. I think it's kind of cool. And it's not, it's not like Rutgers trying to claim that they're New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's different. But this, this makes sense to me. Anyway, we'll, we'll be – Split squad this weekend, kind of like a minor league baseball team, or not minor league baseball team, like a like a spring training game. You, you're holding down the fort for Hoosier Hysteria with Jordan Wells. Going to go watch some Northwestern football. It should be a good time, right? Yeah, we'll have a we'll have plenty of coverage up on the site. Um, oh, too much coverage, man. It, it, it will be a lot. I mean, we thought last weekend was going to be be a big weekend with the uh, Simon Scott Assembly Hall renovations being unveiled publicly, and number 10 Nebraska coming into town for IU football's homecoming game. But I mean, there's still plenty of stuff going on this weekend too, between Indiana football, trying to get back on track mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, uh, in the W column and then um, Hoosier hysteria being Saturday night. So both in the same day, but yeah, not that anybody cares, but this is the busiest time of the year for people like us. Yeah. These, oh, well, next, this is next right four when, weeks. This is right when everything overlaps yep. and it, and it takes a while to, get everything separated and sorted out and managed efficiently, I guess, for lack of a better term. Because it's impossible. You can't do it. It's yeah. it's the most exciting time of the year, the most frustrating time of the if, year, if, and the best and worst time of the year. If you're a if, if you're a fan, it's the most exciting time of the year. Oh, if no you're a, if you're a sports writer, it's the most frustrating time of the year because traveling coordinating travel plans and where everybody's gonna go where can be kind of a challenge. But you won't have to worry about that because that's our job to do. Right, you sit down and watch some basketball and some football this weekend. That's all you guys got to do. And go to our website and check out our coverage. That's a good plug. I'm two, for, full I, I'm, I'm two for two on segues and plugs. This is, so, a, great, this is a great podcast, Sue Jackson. Wrap so, it up. So let's tell the good people how to uh, 
find more coverage for this week uh, on the on our website. So you can check out indiana.rivals.com or thehoosier.com. Uh, Sam's already had some great coverage uh, from the media availabilities oh, this week nice. ahead of Northwestern. Jordan Wells put together a great uh, posing beat writer Q&A with uh, our colleague who publishes the Northwestern Rivals site. And, of course, plenty of basketball coverage as well uh, from the recent uh, preseason availability. And, of course, from Hoosier Asteria as well. Again, Sam will be at Northwestern. Jordan and I will be uh, here in town covering Hoosier Asteria. At the Scott. At, at the Scott. Will be a, a very exciting weekend. Again, tons of coverage will be up on the site. Be sure to check it out. For Sam Bison, I'm Stu Jackson. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Heard on the Hoosier podcast, and we'll, we'll see you next time.